Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Yep! Today, my friends, is uh, Internet Day. Yes! That's what day it is. Friday. Internets. Ugh. Apologies, I don't know what happened there. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps... You pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Because that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish and become things. Things, I say. Friday the days are the only days of the week in which I do not give out spoiler warnings. However, I also like to mention that I don't give out spoiler warnings, which in itself is a sort of spoiler warning when you really dig down deep, but don't dig too deep because we got a lot to cover today and you're going to be, you need to be right near the surface. Huh? What? I don't know. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is the Coculus Rift. Once again, today's sponsor is the Coculus Rift, combining the best of the Oculus Rift and the Fleshlight in one. It is the Coculus Rift. Thank you for them. So, so very nice of you. Indeed, Aru. Uh, I have items. Items in which I will talk about things. Items of things. So I'll probably just hop into them rather than try to describe them without actually describing them. It's sort of a tactic one might use to stretch out and make time. However, I don't have enough time, so I don't know why I am doing this. Quite often I will find myself in this sort of loop, stuck, talking, despite the fact that I have things to talk about. I will talk of nothing. Idiots. Item the first, tear along, and Adam, the last name withheld, because I didn't write it down, and I do not recall it, play a little Super Mario World 3D, 3Dizzle, as I'm sure Snoop Dogg would say, fairly certain, Snoop Lion, oh god. Anyways, this is something that happened on the Revision 3 channel, something that quite happened quite often happens on the said channel, and that is people sitting around playing video games, being filmed, and then they'll put it up on YouTube for us to watch. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, it is, actually. Uh, I do I do enjoy these. It doesn't sound like it would be something of interest, but you know what? Even when I used to, back in the day, play video games with friends live and in person, uh, I would enjoy the time where I was just sitting and watching them play. Perhaps not as much as the actual playing. Oh, to be fair, sort of on that note, because I am always consuming two forms of media at once, 
I was playing video games while watching people play video games. What does that say about my personality? I don't know, but it's probably not good. Probably not good. Huh. Anyways, uh, this was interesting for the reason, too, that uh, I don't think I'll ever own a Wii U. So the odds of me ever playing this game are both a fat chance and a slim chance. So it was nice to see it in action. And it does look like it's definitely fun, and Super Mario games are always, to one degree or another, fun. You're never going to have a totally boring time playing a Mario game. That just goes without saying. They may or may not be your cup of tea, but, you know, there's always some fun at some level to be had. And it seems, like in this one, that level is uh, quite high, actually. Yeah, it gave me a little Jones to play this. Uh, so... That's kind of upsetting, because I don't think I ever will play it. Damn them. Uh, I am not a cat person, or a animal person at all, for that matter, other than when I'm eating them. But uh, apparently you get to wear a cat suit in this game, and it gives you certain powers, and, you know, that's as fun as anything's going to be, from the looks of it. If you like cats, you're going to be in heaven. If you like Mario and cats, <laughs> you got nerdy cat Mario jizz all over the place, I can guarantee you. Uh, I should mention at this juncture that because of the tilting axis of this globe that we all live on, it is dark right now and I can't read my goddamn notes. Uh, I read that cat note while I was stopped at a light and there was light pouring in from lights, but now I'm driving through the country because my drive home is through the country. Uh, so uh, yeah, can't see a goddamn thing. Which means I should probably stop. Maybe I'll hit my overhead light. I don't like to do it, but I did it. Okay, so uh, something cool, a little game mechanic that they had here was was a level in which you could kind of go into the shadows. And by that I mean shadows on the background. You would sort of become one with them. And that uh, was reminiscent of something, but I couldn't quite remember what. If you know of a time in a video game where you went into the shadows and sort of became a shadow? What was that in? If you know what that was in, let's give a little audience participation, as I'd like to try to strive for, but never really succeed in doing. <sighs> uh, if you know what video game that's from, please feel free to tweet at me. I am Jordan underscore Maywood, or perhaps email me to the address provided in the closing credits. I would love to hear from you about that or anything. Anything. As you can imagine, Tara and Adam, that is two people's names, which meant they were playing multiplayer. Uh, a cool little mechanic there is that uh, whoever did best, got the most points, uh, got to uh, wear a crown, and the other one had to look at envy upon this crown, but uh, apparently it could be stolen, so that added for some hijinks that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I don't think you shouldn't be allowed to steal it, though. I think if you did the best on a level, you get the crown for the next level. And then, if things change, sure, sure, the crown may change hands. But stealing the crown, that is not very good at all. It's not the monarchy system I know and love, that's for sure. Okay, so uh, I think we'll leave this talk behind with two more little items. And that is to say that whoever was editing this footage... Uh, I think you need to see a doctor, because there's something wrong with you. And by that I mean a brain doctor. Because, for some strange reason, 
and I guess maybe this was a combination of the cameraman and whoever edited the footage. If it was one and the same person, they're totally insane. If it was two different people, uh, maybe we'll divvy up the insanity a little bit. Because what they did was occasionally got a real, real, real tight close-up of Tara Long's eyes. And, you know, she's got beautiful eyes, there's, there's no denying that. But <laughs> for, for the purposes of this video, it's goddamn strange. And then they would have this close-up of these eyes sort of over top of the video floating around. Uh, describing it is fun, and I like doing it. So I did! Hmm. Uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Uh, you know what, the other thing I was going to say was not as good as that. So I will leave it unsaid and move on to my next item, which is... In the Dark. I don't even remember. Oh, is a TED Talk. Yeah. Love a little TED Talk in the Liberal Cube. It gives, I do believe, the Liberal Cube the illusion of intelligence. And by association, because I am in charge of said Liberal Cube, and in fact, the lackadaisical Liberal Cube request Jordan Maywood, it makes me appear intelligent. When, I'd like to verify for you, that I am not. It is all an illusion. What one thing I am intelligent at, and that is bringing across the illusion of intelligence. Yeah, that, I'll, I'll toot my own horn on that. I am good at making people think I'm smart. When in fact, I am not. Ha ha ha! Yeah! This TED Talk was cool. Uh, it was, And again, I always like to point out that I only watch the TED Talks where the TED Talk title <laughs> is something that pulls me in. Another thing I like to mention on that note, that TED Talk title is a fun series of words to say, and I hope you say it along with me. TED Talk title, TED Talk title, TED Talk title. Good, clean, fun. This TED Talk title was... Meet the Robots of Humanity. Oh, very interesting. And a little mysterious, which is what pulled me in, perhaps. Uh, this talk was given in two parts. One part by a man who is bedridden. Uh, I forget his exact affliction, but it meant he couldn't move paraplegic, uh, couldn't talk, and had to use various means to get his words across, much like Stephen Hawking. Um, I think it was a, yeah, it was a different scenario than Stephen Hawking. Uh, Stephen Hawking has ALS, I believe, and this guy, I think, had a stroke and sort of put him in the state. Anyways, that's sort of beside the point. What was the point was the technology that he used to kind of experience the world. And it's kind of mind-blowing when you think of someone in this condition... How many years ago can we go with it being so radically different? So it's 2013, how old am I? Okay, well, yeah, let's do it that way. I'm uh, 32 or 31. 32 or 31? 32, I do. Yeah, 32. So when I was born in 1981, if this person had the same affliction, they would be basically considered a vegetable and would be relegated to their bed in the room in which their bed was located, and that's pretty much their life. Not much of a life, really, to be honest with you, to be 100% Amish with you. Uh, now, this guy, it's, it's pretty amazing that he seems to, you know, if he had a choice to be in this situation or not, he'd obviously choose not, but he seems to lead a happy and very sort of fulfilled life for the reason that he has all this technology at his disposal 
probably most specifically the internet, that allows him to explore the world and the universe from the comfort, uh, I guess we'll say comfort, of his bed. Really, really amazing. Uh, some of the technologies involved, and I've seen this one before, it's basically kind of like if a iPad and a Segway had sex, it would be, this would sort of be the result. So he can control this three-wheeled wheels that have sort of a stock coming out of it, on which the top of the stock will be kind of an iPad that you can see his face, and there's a camera so he can see your face. And uh, that's good sort of in general for people in bed for the reason that they can't get out of bed, so this is sort of could be their window on the world. He has that sort of mixed with that sort of Stephen Hawking-like, perhaps not exactly, screen that allows him to quote-unquote talk, talk through the use of a computer with that sort of computer-like voice. Very, very interesting. Now, those are two things I've seen before. Now, what they've added to this, something I have not seen, is he can use from his bed a drone. Ah, a flying drone. One of those sort of four-bladed copters that we seem to be seeing so much more of lately. In fact, there's a very, very good TED Talk. I forget the title. <laughs> TED Talk title in which uh, a guy demonstrated sort of the many uses and how sophisticated these things have become. They're not children's toys. They're not crazy expensive, but they're very, very advanced in what they can do, and it's very, very impressive. Like, I think one of the coolest things is that sort of unaided, unaided, I, I mean, not remote controlled, they can uh, play catch with one another. Yeah, so if you've seen four-bladed helicopters playing catch with one another. You know what I'm talking about, and you need to see that. If you haven't seen that, please, please check that out. Yeah, so he could uh, control that, and it had a camera on it, so he could sort of fly around. That was interesting, I think, for the reason that here's someone in bed who now has more mobility than any of us do. So, very, very cool. And I liked it. Folks, I could probably, if this was a nice, bright, shiny day, get a little more in. But it is not, so I will not. What I am going to do is take a little break right now and go uh, do things that you do when you get home from work. Oh, shit. You know what? I shouldn't have uh, said that because I, I need sort of a new transition for these nighttime starts. 90-ish percent of the time I have always started my podcasts on the drive to work which meant when I got to work, I could play my uh, work transition. But since, I've, since the darkness has come on full and strong, quite often I have started podcasts on the drive home just so I can get into the nitty-gritty on my drive-in. The nitty-gritty, in this case, being a couple of podcasts. If you've read the description of this episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, it's a little tease for you. A little bit of a tease. You're welcome. Anyways, I'm just going to play the goddamn work transition because I like it. And I'm a fool to do your dirty working. You know, that one. It's good. I like. Oh, God. Okay, so uh, playing that now. See you in a bit. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And.
are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Well, we're back. There's no goddamn denying it. So I will not even make the attempt. For this portion of the program, I have for you, for your listening pleasure, question mark, to count them. Well, no need to count them. I just told you there was two podcasts. The first of which is a little thing, a little thing called Comedy Bang Bang. Comedy Bang Bang, probably, if I had to guess, has for me generated over the years the most heartiest of laughs of all podcasts that I've listened to, to the point where I've had to stifle them so my co-workers did not think I was insane. Thank you. Scott Ackerman, host of Comedy Bang Bang, for doing that. Appreciated. This was an interesting episode in that it had three guests, which is not that interesting, but all three of them had never been on the show before, which is interesting. The first of which, which uh, we will call the real guest, was David Allen Greer. David Allen Greer, who I know mostly from In Living Color, and much more recently from the Adam Carolla podcast, which he frequents on a semi-regular basis. Super, super funny dude. Uh, I think has a improv background, which makes him on this show absolutely perfect. Kind of cool how it came about, too, and it was through Twitter, just sort of David Allen Greer twittering towards uh, Scott Ackerman saying, I like your show, I'd like to come on. Bam! Done! Twitter and podcasting are kind of uh, go hand-in-hand fairly very well in that Twitter could be considered a lot of the time the glue that holds podcasts together um, with guests and things and and glue and huffing. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. The uh, not real guests I will get into momentarily once I start looking at my notes. All of that was no notes. Now notes we'll look at. (laughs) Scott Ackerman at the top of the show does as he, he seems to like to do. I think Perhaps other people don't like it, but it tickles his fancy, and it's his goddamn podcast, so let him do what he wants. He likes giving out the uh, Comedy Bang Bang weather report at the top of every show, which is pretty ridiculous, as it is the weather in his local area of California. So if you're listening to this in California, that makes sense. Um, But then again, it doesn't really, because you'd have to be listening to it as he was recording it, and not when he posted. So very, very little sense to do a weather report. Like, I could do one right now, and it is, it's a two degrees, that's centigrade. Uh, when I took the garbage out today, the whole freaking road was just a sheet of ice, so that has me a little nervous, but I think, because now I'm on main road, uh, it should be, should be safe. Lack of black ice, hopefully. I haven't spun out yet, so. Thus concludes uh, the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicleist Podcast Weather and Road Report. Huh? Yeah, see, two for one, you get it here. Uh, they have, if you are a listener of Comedy Bang Bang, and I hope you are, they have right now going on a contest. No, I guess it's not really a contest, so much as you can vote on what you think the best episode of 2013 has been so far. And I, I guess they, they do a little thing at the end of the year where they play clips from the best of. That is, um, if you're thinking of hopping onto to this podcast, which I don't know why you wouldn't, 
perhaps a good idea is to go back and listen to one of the previous year's best of episodes, and it'll give you a nice little idea of what goes on. Yeah. This episode's first quote-unquote fake guest was Regina Twitt. Very, very famous musician. May not have heard her name specifically. However, I can almost guarantee that you've heard probably her greatest hit of all time. And that is the theme song for uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. You know what? I think since that uh, is a Bob Bergeron. Do I remember that guy's name correctly? Ooh, I'm so bad with names, I'd be surprised if I got that name right. Anyways, the current host, if it is in fact still on, uh, I, I think the theme song's a little different, is it not? I haven't really watched in years. Ever since YouTube, do you really need America's Funniest Home Videos? But I digress. Uh, in the Bob Saget days... It was that theme song. <laughs> and, uh, Regina broke into this song probably, if I had to guess, getting near 30-ish times. Definitely, we're going to go uh, two dozen. We'll, we'll go two dozen to be safe. <laughs> and she really had a lot of enthusiasm and emotion just poured into the singing of the song that I really, really uh, admired and was impressed by. Uh, because David Allen Greer was there, they talked a little bit about sketch shows, as that is where he sort of exploded on the scene. And in Living Color, Living Color, uh, I was a big fan of. Yeah, I was more of a Kids in the Hall guy, but uh, definitely went back and forth between. And I could probably safely say that I've seen every episode of Living Color at least once. For Kids in the Hall, I'd say at least twice, in some cases more than that. But still, quality programming, quality sketch shoes, which uh, you don't really see too much any days. I guess you could make an argument that Saturday Night Live is a sketch show and it has quality. I would make an argument against that fact. Uh, this has come up on the podcast, I think on a TV Tuesday most likely, where I find Saturday Night Live is hit and miss and quite often more mess. Uh, one thing I do recommend if you want to experience Saturday Night Live is to check out the best ofs. Best of usually divided up by uh, host or uh, member of the cast, like best of Adam Sandler, best of Chris Rock, things of that nature. Because then you're going to get the cream of the crop and there will definitely be laughs amidst that, whereas if you just watch it every week, I think you're going to develop a disappointment sore more often than not. Uh, they talked about Kay and Peel, which uh, I haven't seen yet, but uh, I think I've heard good things, and I've seen these two guys together and be funny, so uh, I wouldn't mind checking that out. Actually, why don't I, as I like to do from time to time, use my podcast as a sort of mental note and say, Jordan, see if you can find some Kay and Peel on uh, Netflix or some such. Mental note completed. Uh, they talked to Dave Chappelle show. That's another one that uh, every single ep- kind of a strange in that every single episode I ever saw I had freaking a shit ton of laughs, and yet uh, haven't seen all of the episodes. So uh, I feel I should look into that more strongly. Or Jordan, further mental note to look at that. Okay, yeah. Let's move on to uh, the next quote unquote fake yes. Mr. G. Mr. G, who loan, who owns and operates the local hot frozen yogurt shop. The hot 
frozen yogurt shop. Uh huh. Whose website is having troubles. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's just this kind of crazy thing that's gonna pop up during a comedy bang bang episode that you have no idea why it came up, but it amuses you and generates laughs in your belly. I think uh, perhaps since I'm getting close to where I stop and get breakfast, I'll uh, wrap this up with this week's comedy bang bang would you rather scenario. It is a game in which Scott Ackerman host asks the guests, would you rather this or this? Now, you could make a fool of yourself and guess right away. I recommend strongly that you do not do that because you do not have all the information of both scenarios. You need to ask questions about them. Uh, yeah, it's basically just an improv game. That's kind of a way to look at it. The questions in question this week were, would you rather not know the difference between babies and potatoes or every time you sneeze you change gender uh-huh. uh, my first question and I don't think this was asked would be that if I ate a baby would it taste like potatoes and vice versa would the taste be consistently potatoes or would it be consistently babies or would it uh, sort of mix up because that I would need all right so uh, I will stop momentarily get myself a little coffee hopefully the lovely and talented busty Jordan <laughs> is working at the Timmy Hortons that I frequent and we'll get our breakfast on I will edit 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 this out because it doesn't make sense to record me ordering breakfast it just does not. Unless something amusing happens, in which case I'll leave it in. So far, the dozens of times I have ordered breakfast, nothing amusing has really happened. So, kind of uh, edited it out every time. Gotcha? Good. Back in a moment. Editing. 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 On the road again. Don't know when on the road again. That was the on the road again remix. Thank you for that voice box. Let's jump in to our next podcast. Our next and final podcast. Well, final in the sense that it's the last I'll talk about today, but not final in the sense that it's the last I record or will most likely talk about in future episodes. Oh boy, why did I need to explain that? I didn't. No sense whatsoever. How did this get made? That may be a question you're asking about this podcast. How did this get made? What an idiot. No, I'm talking of... Sorry, uh, let me explain. I'm talking of the podcast. How did this get made? With Paul Shear, Jason Manzukas, and June Diane Raphael. Uh, I feel like I want to just mumble her last name a little bit because I don't know it's Raphael, Raphael... So I just kind of throw it a little raffiaffle and cover all of my bases. This is a podcast in which they will pick a movie, a bad movie, sometimes a movie that's so bad it's good, sometimes a movie that's so bad it's bad, and talk about it. Because I love movies of all shapes and sizes and degrees of goodness, uh, this podcast is always very, very much appreciated, and I like bringing, bringing it back. Uh, the 
the movie they did in this episode was Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk. Uh, I do have fond memories of. Uh, after listening to this, I'm not sure why I have fond memories of. No, I do, because it's just ridiculously crazy, doesn't make any sense. And, uh, as you can imagine, if you've listened to many episodes of this podcast, that sort of thing appeals to me, to the crazy part of my brain, which is probably the majority of it. Oh, uh, they had a guest, too, as they quite often do. Emily Gordon. Emily Gordon, who I love. I love her. She seems to be everywhere I turn lately, just as far as she's on a friggin' shit ton of podcasts lately. Like, every time I turn one on, it seems she's there, including her own, of course, called The Indoor Kids, in which her and Kamel Nanjiani, her husband, talk video games, so obviously that appeals to me as well. <laughs> Something I like to mention of Kamel Nanjiani and Emily Gordon is that both Kamel and I have podcasts. Both Kamel and I have podcasts in which we speak of video games. Both Kamel and I have wives named Emily. Both Kamel and I were born in Pakistan. One of those things is not true. I will leave it up to you to decide which of them is not. I will leave that up as I move into this episode. Uh, apparently, Hudson Hawk, which if you haven't seen, I think you should, uh, at the end of every episode, they always say, do you think people should see this? And uh, I think this one got a yes across the board, if I do recall. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I would recommend it, just because it's it's quite different. And different movies get points for get points from me, regardless of how good they are. If they're different, they get points. Points for being different. Uh, apparently it was written by Bruce Willis, so <laughs> that might tell you a little something right there about uh, the quality of this movie, written by a movie star. That doesn't bode well, I don't think. Nothing to say bad about Bruce Willis, I think he's a fine actor, but uh, a fine actor I don't think makes a fine writer. Uh, they said quite a few things that I had no recollection of whatsoever, for example the fact that all of the cat burglars within this movie uh, had sort of code names, nicknames based on candy bars. Yeah. And there was a scene, I guess, sort of near the beginning where they are planning out their big heist in this auction. And within this auction, they're all eating the candy bars that they're named after. <laughs> That's ridiculous on a few levels, but the level that they pointed out is that if you are planning a heist and do not want to draw attention to yourself, perhaps don't go to a auction and eat candy bars. I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> there was a... This this part I don't remember at all. I really want to rewatch this. Jordan, Jesus, so many mental notes for you today. Find Hudson Hawk and watch it. Uh, there was a mute, meaning someone who could not talk in this movie, part of this criminal organization, and uh, he had sort of pre-printed cards he could show people to get across his points. Now, uh, I think that might exist in the actual, factual, real existing world, possibly. However, the specificity of this mute's pre-typed cards was ridiculous to the point of ridiculousness, which uh, I actually kind of find that funny. So, mm, yeah, we'll give that one a pass because it amuses me. Jason Manzukas pointed off and quite often used uh, 
the movie Toys as an example of some of the leaps in logic that this movie takes that are, well, illogical. They did Toys, I think it was the last episode or the episode previous, which is another movie I wouldn't mind seeing after listening to their talk. Uh, seeing again, I did see it, you know, probably when it came out, but I was a kid, so maybe I thought it was a good movie. I, I don't know what I would have thought of this movie seeing it as a kid. Anyways, uh, one of those crazy, illogical leaps within this movie is that uh, quite often cat burglars apparently need to time things out precisely. That makes sense. That's a logical assumption. However, the way in which these cat burglars go about keeping track of time is by singing songs. Songs that uh, they all know apparently the exact length to and have such perfect timing when singing them can use them to time um, songs. Uh, times, yes. So that right there is ridiculous. Let's further add the part that you are robbing people and probably need to be quiet. Therefore, singing out loud, and they do sing out loud, is perhaps not the wisest course of action. They pointed out that there's certain scenes involving Leonardo da Vinci, and I don't really remember how that came in, or alchemy, that is turning lead into gold, that kind of thing. <laughs> and one thing that, again, I think it was Jason who mentioned that uh, there was a scene with Mona Lisa, so Leonardo pointing painting the Mona Lisa, and Mona Lisa was there, the woman herself, and apparently she had really, really bad and ugly teeth in the form of fake and ugly teeth. So then there appears a scene later in which a cop, a police officer, officer, has the exact same fake and ugly teeth as Mona Lisa did. For what reason? Ah, uh, for the reason that it was funny with Mona Lisa, so why not let's get these same teeth and throw them in this cop and get some laughs. For that reason, seemingly. Uh, apparently, this... <laughs> and this, I think for me, this was one of the most mind-blowing facts that came up over the course of this entire talk. And that was apparently this movie was a Commodore 64 video game. Yeah, I had a Commodore 64. And I don't remember having the Hudson Hawk video game. That sort of blew my mind more than anything. So I think, perhaps, that is a good spot to end this. That, combined with the fact that I'm almost at work, as good a time as any. Uh, I recommend How Did This Get Made in general, but uh, I very much like this episode. Give you a chance, you know what it'll do, potentially. Uh, give you a chance to experience a little Emily Gordon, and then if you like her, and I'm sure you will, Maybe move on over to her podcast with Kamel Nanjiani. And then, if you like him, he does Doug Benson's podcast a lot, so you can go over there. And if you like him, it's like a virus, people. A podcast virus that you could be infected by. Join us. Join us in this podcast revolution. Sickness. Please. Yeah. That will, of course, leave one final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address. 
mail.gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.